recording. Da, da, da. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, I'd like to introduce my guest on this week's In the Can. Not actually this week's In the Can, but the week coming up's episode of In the Can. Uh, George, pronounce the name so I don't mess it up. Yeah, the H is silent, so it's uh, Erevia. There's no way I'm getting that. <laughs> uh, and George is the director of the Garcia Center for the Arts? Yeah, technically. 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 <laughs> it's, I don't know if he's trying to escape that or not, but uh, he's a really cool guy. Uh, he does um, the Garcia Center for the Arts. Uh, for those that are unfamiliar with San Bernardino, California, um, was founded by Ernie Garcia, is a longtime resident of the area, educator, philanthropist, uh, and connoisseur of fine wines. Uh, if you've ever met Ernie, you would know what I'm talking about. Um, and so he he got an awesome deal uh, for this awesome building downtown San Bernardino on E Street, and I think Ernie's Ernie's goal was, hey, can we? save the world with art. I, I happen to agree. Um, so I, you know, in all full, tra full, uh, full transparency, I sit on the board of the Garcia center and I'm honored to do so. I don't know if I'm one of the better, I'm probably one of the, you know, least active, unfortunately board members, but, uh, I do love the place when I do get there. Um, so I saw George in, uh, article in the LA times about the warehouse stuff. And I was like, I need to get him on the show. And so, I, you know, what, what got you involved with the Garcia center? Um, <clears throat> well, it's, I think it's just, just being involved in the community, honestly. Um, like, well, let me tell you how the, the my first memory of Ernie. So, um, I was part of this group, Samuel generation now and you know we were trying to get youth like engaged in the city because the city had just gone through a bankruptcy and so we were meeting in like random places all over all over San Bernardino like we were meeting in uh, in the back room of Juan Pollo because Albert Acura uh, you know he's the owner of uh, Juan Pollo yeah he, he was very gracious and allowed us to meet as a group there uh, we were also meeting in the basement of what is now known as the enterprise building. We're meeting in people's living rooms, you know, and, uh, and one of the places we were meeting was also at this, uh, pretty much like a punk rock venue. It was called the black flame collective, which is, which was, uh, not too far from orange show it was like right behind the live stream blood bank. And so that's where we were meeting. At this wait, wait, wait. I had no idea there's a punk rock venue behind the live stream there was is, is, oh no it's not there, there anywhere it's a bummer yeah. yeah and that's and that's the thing with san Bernardino. you know there's uh there's so many towns that people always starting up projects but it's uh it's always such a shame when you know they they don't last um and so so for me well that's one of the goals like okay how can we make things last where they actually kind of build on top of each other right um and so that that's 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 kind of where one of my hopes is. Uh, but going back to how my first memory of Ernie was, you meet Ernie, yeah. So it was at this punk rock venue. So <laughs> so uh, 
I, and I, Ernie is just so people know. Ernie is what ninety one now, ninety two. Yeah, he's in his nineties. I I can't exactly right. say the exact number, but yeah. So this would have been probably within five years. This is eighty some year old man is at a punk rock show. Okay, gotta love it. Yeah. Or at least the venue. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, so we were meeting there, and uh, yeah, and then Ernie shows up. Uh, yeah, and the the venue's like you know it's just like this little pretty much like just garage. Um, yeah, so he shows up and he starts talking about, you know, this project that he's hoping to get volunteers to help out with. And it's this this building, you know, that um, which is now the Garcia Center uh, and how it needed some help, some rehabilitation. And his hope was to turn into, uh, you know, space for the community. Um, and so, you know, and so when he uh, was there asking for help, it was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And so. Uh, I remember some of us went and took a look at the space and yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> it was, it was rough for sure. Like, um, like when you walked into the building, it was just like the walls were, you know, out of shape. Like there was like no toilets. It was just, it was in pretty bad condition. Like the, the place had been all tagged. Like the, when you walked into the main hallway, it said like the copper monster was here, you know, cause people had broken in and taken all the copper right. from the building. And it's, it, and if I'm not mistaken, he somehow got like, a, is it a dollar a month or what, what's the lease agreement with the city? It's yeah. So the property, the actual building, the property um, is owned by the San Bernardino Water Department, you know, and they're not in the business of maintaining these old buildings. So, uh, so they, were, as far as I know, they were actually considering tearing the building down before Ernie, you know, made the proposal and suggested, Hey, don't tear, don't tear the building down. Let us, the, the nonprofit organization, you know, take it over, rehabilitate it, you know, do what is needed to take care of it. Um, and they took him up on the offer, uh, and they gave him a good, pretty amazing deal of 99 years at a dollar a year. And so, Jeez. and so Ernie was like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll write you the, I'll write you the check. And he, and so we have that check that he wrote, he wrote them at the center, you know, we, so we have it framed. So in terms of longevity, that's one of the blessings of the Garcia Center. You know, it's yeah. it's like as long as we don't mess things up, it's there to stay, you know, for the next 90 years. Uh, and so kind of, you know, in terms and so going back to that idea of like longevity and in terms of spaces, like, you know, that's one of the blessings of the Garcia Center is like it's there to stay. It'll if everything goes well, it's going to outlive me. Yeah, you know, and it's you know because yeah, ninety years I'll be. But it might not outlive Ernie because he seems to not slow down. So oh, yeah, <laughs> he, I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, you know, I'm just, yeah, I don't know what fountain of uh, youth he's uh, drink taking a drink from. Right, from. him, and, him and Keith Richards. Um, so the you know, there's one of the things that you and I have talked about quite a bit too uh, is just. You know how to revive this city if you go through its history it it benefited a lot from kind of being an hour or so outside of LA you got a lot of you know some moneyed interest in there uh, and you can see it's it's eerie at times especially in East Street you can see like or baseline even when you drive on some of the streets here you can see ghosts of what was so I, I I always look at the Garcia Center as just this model of like, hey, look, here's this empty space, and it's a great building. It's a fantastic building that we've done. They've done so much. Not me. I haven't done anything, but they've done so much to clean it up. Um, 
And so I saw George, like I said, in this article feature, there's a little video at LA Times about the warehouse stuff that's been happening. Not just, it, it was focused on Fontana, but it certainly bled into San Bernardino. So what would you like to see the city leaders do? What can they do differently than the, what they have been doing in your estimation at this point? I mean, I'm talking about the council people and mayor, et cetera. Um, the... <laughs> The, well, the most heartbreaking thing that I see is because um, I see so much heart, you know, in the people that are trying to do th good things for the city, like right. they're doing so much. And it's like they're this is, you know, they're not getting paid in for any of this, you know. Right. Right. And so they're out there doing what they can, you know, like hosting events, you know, doing cleanups, you know, again, doing everything, you know, like, you know, tr gathering resources, you know, just like. Right, right now we're in the middle of the holiday season, you know, so like you see people out there, you know, doing, you know, preparing meals for the homeless, you know, gathering like blankets, you know, jackets and sweaters and collecting toys for kids. So, and a lot of this is led by people who, again, who are just volunteering, you know, they're not right. getting paid for it. Um, and so, and I see that heart that's there, you know, there's uh, a couple of people that are been organizing, organizing an art walk in downtown San Bernardino as well. But again, that's all through volunteer time really. Cause yeah. again, they're not, they're not seeing any money from it. Uh, and so it'd be nice to see just some official support, you know, from, you know, from the city, from elected officials. It just, just saying, you know, we see you, you know, right. just, just that, you know, just, we see you, we, we see your efforts, you know, that it'd be, it'd be nice. Um, and that's something that, you know, um, in terms of the gardening, right. Um, uh, recently I saw in the city of Riverside, like they, they, uh, I, I think it's called overflow farms. You know, I saw this post, uh, this video that they were, you know, just celebrating the, how they got that started and the mayor was there, you know, kind of like talking all the good things about, you know, that project. And I was like, dang, it's like, I would love to just have the mayor or somebody enough elected official just show up, just, you know, just say good job or something. Just be involved. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting too. So for, you know, wherever you're listening to this at the, know the ge geography of what we're talking about, San Bernardino and Riverside are both about, let's say an hour East of Los Angeles. Riverside is a little bit more South. Um, it's kind of <clears throat> this area known as the Inland Empire, which always cracked me up growing up as a kid. Um, still haven't found the emperor of the empire, but so Riverside, I would say, it, I always put it in this category. It's like, it's either, uh, it's like we're Pawnee from Parks and Rec and they are Eagleton and, and it just does feel that way. Or, you know, the Simpsons have Springfield and then Shelbyville. It's, it's always been that kind of dynamic. Um, and oh, so yeah. watching the first episode of Parks and Rec, uh, I was like, how do they know all this? I'm like, this is exactly the exact same experience I've been having in San Bernardino. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I can see a lot of like between you and I know, um, it's a guy by name of Edwin, uh, that runs this organization called Chords in downtown. It's like all of you are like Leslie Nope on some level out there, just like hustling, hustling, hustling. And yeah, would you look like what we're doing to try to bring this city in? And I and I think it's it's prime to get there 
And you're right. It needs like that uh, elected official kind of stamp of approval. So what, what kind of things have you been doing at the center um, in terms of events or just in terms of community outreach that you think is making a difference, even if it doesn't seem like sometimes these things are daunting. It's like, are we making that progress? But what types of things do you think you've done over the last few years? It's like, wow. All right. I'm seeing some progress here. It's so much, honestly, I think like, like space, like just being at the center just has really made me realize just the importance of space. Like, and what that and what that even what that word even means for for people for communities and like and i think when you kind of connect it to what's happening politically and socially in just within san Bernardino, yeah. um i think that is very important like people need space people need to be uplifted and recognized and again just like our existence is very important um and so there's so many, so many talented, beautiful people in San Bernardino, but we're not seeing them. Um, and again, I, I wish that the city was more connected to the community to where they were, they could do that. Just recognize the people that are here, uplift them, see, the, again, recognize all the effort that they're putting into making the community a better place. Um, and so at the center, at the Garcia Center, you know, over this past year, that's, it's been, for me, it's been such, uh, it's been amazing just to be able to offer that to, to people, to artists, creatives in, in our community, giving them this space where they can kind of play around and be creative and be themselves. Um, you know, it's like, part of me wishes there was more space at the center. Cause you know, if, if, if there was more space, you know, there could like, you, you know, there be, be more opportunities for more people, but you know, that's, there's limitations too. You know, you gotta, Okay, got got to make sure like things, everything runs uh, is open. You right, know? right. Just keeping the lights on, is, um, so to speak. It's interesting you talk about things to show off the city, and um, one of the things that we intend to do here at the film program here at Valley and with the Institute of Media Arts is next semester for us, starting January eighteenth. Uh, our one of our couple of our classes are going to put a call out. So it's good that you're here because I know you know folks and you kind of talked about it. Because um, the venue, the Garcia Center is a really unique venue, but we're going to, we want to bring kind of our own version of Austin City Limits here to the San Bernardino Inland Empire area. So uh, we're going to do a call out for musicians to come into our studio here, do a set, do a QA with a small audience. Um, just to kind of, like you said, put that light on these hidden talents that are in the city. Are, is the Garcia Center involved with, with the Arts Walk that is going on? And is that is that a monthly thing or how, how often not, does that Not happen? officially involved. Like we're very supportive of it. Um, so like, you know, we've donated a couple of things to support to support the Art Walk. Uh, but no, we're not the ones organizing it like but we know the people like it's uh you know freddie also known as west side story romulo who also does uh, local outfitters uh and christopher who's involved with the san Bernardino civic center uh, neighborhood association so pretty pretty much they're the main 
people and but then you know they have a team of people that also support the art walk like amanda who's also involved with the neighborhood association again everybody tries to chip in it's a community effort you know so i i know that you know that there's artists and creatives there's the local businesses around there that also try to help out like uh the little gallery viva la boba the uh downtown fit camp creative grounds you know so there's a couple of gallery spaces that have opened up or just in the downtown area and yeah so there's, so, and again, this, there's a lot of good energy going on right now. Uh, there was a lot happening. Um, but then the, the pandemic kind of got in the way, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, as it did for many things. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. So there was a, a lot, a lot of, uh, momentum going. Um, and so it's, it's good to see that, that that the pandemic hasn't come hasn't put that to a stop so i i see it kind of continuing you know i see i see that momentum still continuing despite the pandemic yeah and you know i'm always looking at what what are opportunities and i think one of them too is actually which isn't getting enough talk i think and it should is the new downtown transportation hub because if if the city was smart, I'm not saying they're not smart, but if they were on it more, I think you could really utilize that to connect kind of that E Street corridor from Orange Show to the Garcia Center, you know, uh, and have advertisements up around that spot, that transportation hub, which is right downtown. Hey, here's places to go once you get here. Because I, I think too often uh, people are like, I'm just going through here to get somewhere. And San Bernardino has just got this really interesting history of, I, I always compare it to, you know, over the last election, we heard a lot about the industrial Midwest and I'm like, San Bernardino is the industrial Midwest of Southern California. I mean, it, it literally it. I grew up in Indiana, so it's very similar to some of these smaller cities and towns that I grew up around. Like when auto industries left, Michigan and other places around there, it wiped towns out. It just was empty. And so, but then you see a lot of those coming back. And so I think there's an opportunity there and, and you hit the nail on the head with leadership there. Uh, what do you think is, is like, we hear the hubbub around the warehousing, especially in this area, but what is it that you think is really about the warehousing that really gets in the way of kind of the kind of growth and the kind of development that we want to see in a city. Um, like, I, I don't know. It's, it, you know, it's really, you could have a whole debate around this, you know, uh, cause I was, uh, cause again, the, the problem with the warehouses, it's not just in San Bernardino, it's the whole region, honestly. So yeah. it's like all the, the cities surrounding this area, you know, San Bernardino, Rialto, Fontana, Moreno Valley, uh, you know, like again, the whole region. I think Riverside is also dealing with you know warehouse. So the whole region is dealing well, they, with these warehouses. They put a stop on it. They did some sort of moratorium on them in the city itself. But then yeah. you're right, like Marina Valley, surrounding cities to that Paris, etc. Yeah. So it's yeah. So it's a whole it's a whole issue. Um, but it, man, it's uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was his name is John uh, John Husing uh, that I he was pretty much the person where, you know, he, you know, these, uh, you know, you have these business leaders, you know, and they all met and was like, you know, what's the best thing that we can do with the, all the land that we have. And 
you know, and, and that's they that's the proposal. Like, hey, we're I'm gonna, smacking my head. You know, sell off all this land to uh, developers of warehouses, uh, and and they that was their proposal for the the best thing, the best uh, option on how to develop the the region economically. Um, and so it's kind of sad because um, you know recently, like you have uh, the mayor of Fontana, Aquinetta Warren, like I. Like they recently had a, like a state of the city over there, I think. And, uh, and then they have like this video of her talking and she was just like, she wants to like change the narrative of, around warehousing. She's like, she wants to call them job centers, your job centers. I'm like, I'm like, uh, and I, and I, you know, and I've gone to like these meetings too, you know, and you have like you, you, some unions that are out there too. And they're talking about how it's like, like the warehouses are so important for them because, you know, they, they, that's how they make their living you know, but it's like, but if you, but, but these are unions that are pretty much like building unions, right? Like, so like, sure. Like we, you could definitely use more, more construction jobs here and, you know, in the, in the region, definitely. Right. But do they need to be warehouse construction jobs? Right. Like they don't need to be warehouse construction jobs because, um, like, yeah, I'm totally for developing this, this region economically, but, um, like, do it smartly. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, like, the when they're talking, when, we, when you have this narrative of, like, Aquanetta Warren saying, we have to change the narrative to job centers, it's like, what what kind of jobs are these providing? You know, they're not quality jobs. And, you know, and I can speak from experience. You know, I was, I was working at Amazon. Um, I was actually working at Amazon. Uh, it was San Bernardino. I don't, I probably shouldn't even mention it because, you know, just the negative reputation of San Bernardino is, it's, it's, I don't want to build on it, but it was, I was working at Amazon during the shooting, uh, in 2015. And so, you know, I remember being locked at the Amazon warehouse for, I don't seven hours. Cause they didn't, they weren't letting us out, uh, out of the warehouse until they kind of knew what the situation was. Uh, but it's like, there's so much turnover at these warehouses uh, so they're not quality jobs. Like the turnover is over a hundred percent at these warehouses. Uh, so nobody lasts, you know, more than two years at these, at these warehouses. Right. And it, it always strikes me, um, you know, I'm, I'm just looking up some, some stats here, uh, on San Francisco, for example, the Bay area. And the reason I bring that up is again, you're right. We have all this space in the area relatively cheap to San Francisco and LA. And we have from, again, people can correct me. We can have a fact checker on this later, like the Dak Shepard show. Uh, but, um, there's one major tech company, for example, in this region, that's Esri in Redlands. Why is there not more? I mean, we have, this is what's also boggled my mind. We have, let's say, four universities that serve the area, four major universities, UC Riverside, Cal State San Bernardino, uh, University of Redlands, and Loma Linda University. One of the, Loma Linda is medical. Uh, the others, liberal arts, agriculture, uh, sciences, et cetera. Computer science is in that. And that's, it's almost as if we're, and then plus the community colleges in the area. 
So there's a there's a potential for educated workforce, but we keep educating them. The ones that's that that make it and are successful, they leave. They frankly leave. Yeah, and I'm sure you're seeing that too. And you, oh yeah, well a, a couple of years ago, you know, when I first got got started in to get involved with the community, I remember seeing that Cal State San Bernardino was the number one employer in the city of San Bernardino. But now that's changed. Now that's Amazon. Now Amazon is the number one employer in San Bernardino. Uh, and so for the longest time, I was like thinking, you know, it's like, I, it would be awesome to make San Bernardino pretty much like a college town, you know? Um, but I, but San, Cal State San Bernardino has this reputation of being a commuter school. So, you know, students just kind of drive in and drive out. Um, and honestly, like my thinking is almost like there's so much space here in the region that it's almost like a blessing and a curse, you know, it's like so much space. You don't even know what to do with it. Yeah. It's like, but really it's like, if you, like you want to really consolidate kind of what you have, you know, you don't want to be too spread out because if you're too spread out, then you don't have the mean, the means to maintain it all. Um, Cause even just looking at older pictures of San Bernardino too, like I was, everything was just more close knit. Everything was just more compact, you know? Yeah. And so even, even talking about transportation, like I was seeing pictures of like, like just like so many bicycles, like people will bicycle everywhere around here. Uh, like I, there's pictures of San Bernardino where there's just like 20 bicycles out, out in front of us, the stores. Uh, and then, you also had like, you know, trolleys back then as well. Right. Um, but, and now, and now they're trying to bring these, these trains back too. Cause now, you know, we, uh, if, uh, if you're familiar with the area, now they're building the, this tram from San Bernardino connecting Redlands. Yep. So it's like, it's like, we're going back to the past. It's like, it was, con it was all connected at one point, but now it was disconnected. Right. Cause the, you know, the advent of the car. Uh, but then now it's, now it's all coming back again. It's like, okay, we, we got to improve our transportation systems. And so now they're building the, these trams again. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is interesting. And hopefully again, with the leadership, it's, it's an interesting dynamic I'll say out here just versus my time in LA. And you can say what you will for the leaders in LA at times that no one's perfect, but I will say this is they don't lead. I, I always get the sense of political leaders here in the Inland Empire. They lead from behind. They really do not want to cause any sort of disturbance. And they're looking for the easy path to it. Cause Redlands went through the same thing with warehousing and, Oh, it's easy tax revenue. And that's what they're kind of banking on. And then it, it's not consistent. Um, so what are some of the things from your standpoint, someone running an art center, what are some of the successes you've seen uh, people going through your art center? What, what are, how have you seen uh, some positive growth that I think other people could hear after today when this pod drops uh, as, as examples moving forward? Well, I, I think the best thing is, you know, it's, you just build that network, you know? And I think that's the most amazing thing that I've been able to experience at the center is building that network of people, friends that you know, and that you can work with and collaborate with. And then they get a chance to meet other creators and other artists that they can work with as well. And that's something that I've seen pretty much happen at the center very organically, honestly. Um, 
and something that Ernie was able to accomplish at the center before I stepped into the position was getting key organizations in there. Like Arts Connection has an office at the Garcia Center. The San Bernardino Symphony has an office there. Uh, Inlandia has an office there as well. Uh, and so getting some, some of these groups, arts groups, into that space to share that space uh, and, and essentially creating a hub for the arts in San Bernardino. Um, so, so that was an amazing start. And so for me, I hope to kind of continue that. And, and I think that's something that the city could also do, you know, just in terms like you just want to be able to work with people. Uh, but that's not people's experience when they go to the city. It's like most of people's experience working with the city is like, it's so difficult. Like it should yeah. not be this difficult. Right. You know? And, and yeah, like, again, I know, I know there's limitations. I know like, cause I know it requires staff time, you know, it's like, it's, I know it's time and resources, but it's like, if you really want to make it happen, if you really want to improve the city, you got to make, you got to make the time, you know, I, I don't know how, because I know, I know they're dependent on, you know, staff time, but you got, you have to make the time to really work with the community. Um, and so that's what I see at the center. Like, you, you know, I'm like, we're making an effort to work with the community, yeah. you know, uh, cause, cause again, the need is there. The need is so great. Like people need a space, people need community. Um, you know, and, and so that's something that we've been able to offer at the center. Uh, I should have asked this earlier, but where, where did you go to school? Were you, I, I went, I went to Cal State San Bernardino uh, and I, you know, so these are questions I ask myself cause I'm like, how did I end up at the, at an art center? Cause, uh, you know, cause I went for political science, <laughs> but then, but then my thinking at, at the t all the time is too, is like, everything's politics, you know? So, <laughs> unfortunately, so, yes. <laughs> so kind of, so, so honestly, I, I appreciate my time, you know, at Cal state you know, learning political science and taking those courses. Cause I, I do feel that it allows me to kind of move through different, you know, just worlds, uh, you know, and cause again, yeah, there's politics and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, it's, it's a necessary evil at times. A great quote about politics is that it is the art of the possible. If you, if you, if you move it, uh, correctly, um, you know, the, yeah, it's what I always feel gets missed with the city is big opportunities to promote stuff that happened, happens recently. Um, that's positive. For instance, uh, and I'm thinking about, you know, if you heard my last podcast, I talked to some of my, uh, our alumni who got placed working on the show, uh, Wild and Out MTV Productions. That show was shooting in San Bernardino. I don't think I saw nothing as far as press. No. So, and that's so, so not only are they bad at promoting the community, but they're also bad at just promoting themselves. <laughs> Cause like just recently, you know, people were happy that there's a Christmas tree in downtown, but there was like no announcement from the city. It's like, Hey, we're going to, no one, no one burned it down. No, no, <laughs> no. But, but like people were happy because when I saw, I drove by it and I was like, Oh, this is really nice. There's a tree right. in San Bernardino, like in downtown San Bernardino. But I, there was, I didn't hear anything like from the city, like no official announcement from the city. So I don't know what their whole plan is about just getting announcements out to the community, but like, man, if you can't even promote what you're doing, 
Like how? Like man, that's the most basic thing you can do. Yeah, just, we have a Christmas tree. Right? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even know. It was by accident that I found out that the Route 66 rendezvous was back. It was totally. I mean, that used to happen every year for years, uh, because Route 66. Part of it goes through. You know, if you've heard the famous song, you know, Barstow, Reno, San Bernardino. Yeah, that's that's us. Yeah, you're exactly right. That there. You don't know what it, but you know, I, I, but for me, like a solution is like, you need to hire locally because nobody is going to really put that heart in and that passion into that work of promotion unless they know the city, they know the community, right? They, they, because they're more invested than just whatever you're going to pay them to do the job. You know, they're, they're invested because their, their heart is in it. They're, it's their home. Um, but and so that's kind of something that I hope to really promote is like uh, for like just local artists and creatives to like build your build your company, you know. And yeah. And so when the city puts out like, you know, RFPs, you know, for because, you know, they don't like they don't do their own promotion. The city doesn't do its own promotion. So a lot of the time they hire like outside contractors, you know, to do this work. Uh, but again, they're not like, why would you hire outside? Like, you know got to build the talent that's here hire somebody that's that lives here in the city they know the community they kind of are connected already with all the different groups all the different people that are trying to do something positive for the city like work with them you know gotta you gotta connect with them because nobody's gonna do a good a job as they are well and you mentioned cal state san bernardino and then certainly valley college between the two colleges there's enough talented people that are coming out of here and Cal state, you know, which we feed into, um, has an amazing marketing program. I mean, I know some of the people that teach that program, it's like, they're right. The talent, is, like you said, is right here. Uh, and they should be. And I see cities in this region doing this all the time. Like I, I live in Redlands and we, the last city manager, literally it was, it was almost a comedy of errors when I read the newspaper article talking about the last city manager that was in Redlands, not the current one, the last one. Um, he was fired from every other city manager job he had. I, how do you hire somebody that was fired from, I, I don't, it, it was laughable. You had to just laugh. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's trying to get, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just trying to get uh, those folks connected. So you graduate political science. You end up uh, not right away at the Garcia Center. Where were what were you doing before? You mentioned you were you got a lovely warehouse position, but you were also were you also working for the school district here. Yeah. So um, yeah. So you know that's kind of what you like. That's, you know, you get a degree and then you're still, then afterwards you kind of have to figure it out. It's, it's, but I was working for a couple, a bunch of nonprofits. Um, uh, and I did it. I was working at the warehouse, uh, in 2015 when the, when that shooting happened. Um, and so, um, yeah. And, but you know, it got to a point where I was at Amazon just completely depressed, honestly, cause it's isolating work, you know, working in the warehouse. Cause, um, like during peak season, you know, during the holiday season, they hire so many people like, and that was cool. You know, like you're, you know, it's an experience, especially when you're young, like it's an experience. Okay. Like you're jammed into this warehouse with a bunch of people, but then once the peak season is over, like everybody just disappears. And yeah. so, 
so I was a picker, so I was pretty much, you know, walking like down. It's like, you know, it's like four floors and then so many aisles of just merchandise. And so my job was just to, you know, follow the scanner telling me where to go. I was like, okay, you know, go to this box, pick out this item. But I was just, so I was just constantly moving, you know, constantly moving. Uh, I lost, I don't know how much weight, like people still like e people, e people to, to this day still tell me, it was like, Oh yeah. Like you were like your Amazon weight. Like you, you know, you, you got to get down, back down to your Amazon weight. Uh, yeah. I Cause I, I think you're fine. I think you're fine. <laughs> don't worry about what these people are saying. <laughs> uh, you know, but I'm just saying it's like, right, right. but like people remember me losing weight during the, my time working at Amazon. Um, and so definitely it's not, it's not a job for, you know, you're not going to last there a long time because your body's just not going to be able to consistently do it, you know, for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, but it's also, but it was also very lonely work. I like, I wasn't interacting with anybody, honestly. So yeah. I just, you know, clock in, clock out, um, you know, and because even the breaks are, you know, laughable, like, you know, you get 15 minute break, like after three hours, then after another two hours, you get your lunch and then you get another 15 minute break. So it's like you have an hour total, but 15 minutes, 30 minute lunch, then another 15 minute break. Just getting to the, to the break area is like, cause they, that's how they count your, your breaks. Like, like you, the last item that you picked, that's when your break starts. So you have 15 minutes to get to the break area and then, and, and to get back. Jesus. So it's like you're, you're, so really you only have about seven minutes cause it's, it's like, you know, it's like a passing period in high school. Yeah. It's like, right. There's, there's not enough time like yeah. to even really take a break. It's like, so yeah. And then 30 minutes for lunch is so again, you're just scarfing down your food. So it's like, you're not, it's not much of a break. So, you know, pe like people are running to their cars to, you know, just to relax in their cars for a bit. It's like, man. And so, so again, it's, so these are not quality jobs. So it's, uh, and anybody who tries to say differently, like they don't know what the hell they're yeah. talking about. What did you do at the school district? Uh, you know, I, well, I worked at the school district for a different, uh, bunch of nonprofit organizations. So, okay. uh, so I was doing after school programs, but then I also got my teaching credential. And so I was working, uh, as well in the classroom as a teacher, you know, so I've pretty much done a little bit of everything, you know, I've, I've worked with all ages. I've worked with kinder and I even had the opportunity to, uh, teach a course as well at, um, Cal State San Bernardino, uh, for aspiring teachers. And so, Oh, fun. Yeah. So that it was, that was, that was nice. Honestly, you know, I, my plan with that was I didn't know what the hell I was going to talk to them about. <laughs> so, so the, you know, so again, again, the best thing that I could do is just connect people. Yeah. So when, during my time, you know, teaching that course at Cal State, I just brought in people. So I, uh, had uh, the school board member Abigail Medina come come in and, and talk to the students. Uh, I had uh, another person. His name is Henry uh, Zagiri. Uh, he works with the with the schools with the San Bernardino Youth Court and talk about that program as well. You know, so that was kind of like okay. You know, yeah. I'm not that interesting. Let me get other people that are doing some interesting things around the schools. That I think you're more interesting than you think. <laughs> you know, but that was my plan. Like, okay, right. like let's get some people in here that are doing stuff with the schools, um, and so that that and so that these you know aspiring teachers can kind of get a, you know different perspectives on the school system. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. What were some of the nonprofits you were connected to? You mentioned the after school, but was there anything else specifically or, uh, um, 
the know, this is the ones into that a job the, interview. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's just a, a couple that I officially worked for. You know, like Youth Action Project. I was employed with Youth Action right. Project. Um, Community Now was officially employed with. Um, I was also. Um, yeah. So there's a, a couple of that. Yeah. But I've, but I've worked with so many other different org- organizations. You mentioned early in this, uh, SB generation now, and that was, how did that organization get started? Cause I, I knew some other folks from that and I think that's how we kind of yeah. crossed streams to use a ghostbuster reference <laughs> at one point. So how did that thing all get started? Um, well, the way I got involved with it was through Facebook. You know, I saw this picture of a mural that had been created. That was before it was meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's and the mural's still there. Honestly, it's uh, it's right here on Second Street, um, not too far from the two fifteen freeway. I don't know if people know this area. They where Superior Market is, where the uh, Santa Fe Union, uh, yeah. A train station is there's a, a mural just on, on a on a residence right there it just says dream and so i saw that mural uh, uh, on facebook you know and and they had posted about it you know saying hey you know we're trying to do this in san Bernardino, trying to bring some positivity uh and so i was and so i messaged them you know i was like hey i like what you guys are doing like i would like to get involved and so they invited me out and you know i just and I went to somebody's living room, you know, just like, Hey, it's like, and so I just really loved the energy of the people that I met there and kind of stuck around. <laughs> and then, uh, and I learned so much, honestly, through being part of the group, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know that we had an arrowhead here on, on the Hills in San Bernardino. Uh, and so I, that's how disconnected I was with the city. Like I, I had never noticed that there was an arrowhead on here on the Hills. Cause I grew up in LA. Uh, so I moved, I moved out of here when I was uh, 15 uh, with my family. What? <laughs> that's different. What, what part of LA did you grow up in? Uh, all over. Honestly, I, I was born in downtown, at the woman's hospital. Uh, but, uh, you know, my, my family is from El Salvador. And so, uh, like going to LA now is very interesting because it's like, it's like you're almost part of history because the area, the neighborhood that I grew up in now there's like official signage, like designating that community as like, uh, pretty much like little El Salvador. Right. Because, uh, because over, you know, during the, we, El Salvador had a civil war right. uh, in the eighties. Uh, and so we had a lot of people coming and my family was part of that group. Um, and so, I, again, I don't even know how that stuff happens, but, uh, you know, a, a predominantly Salvadorian community developed in that, right. in that area. And so that's where I grew up pretty much. Uh, like that's like Hoover and like Arlington. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like the area that I grew up in. But then from there we moved all over the place. Um, like we lived in, uh, like in Panorama city and, and, you know, in the, in the Valley in the Valley. Yeah. And so pretty much in like the Koreatown area, right. kind of like Mark Arthur park all around there. So then you get here at 15. Did you, you must've went to high school here. Yeah. So I finished my high school out here. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you go right to Cal state or did you, uh, no, I went to Valley college first. So, so I'm back, I'm back in Valley. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're a great alumni. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think we barely touched the surface today. We'll have to do like a part two at some point. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to get your, I, I again, I saw you in that article and I was like, Oh my, I know him. I, you know, I just feel so excited when I see somebody, uh, that I know on stuff and just to get your insights and what's happening, what can happen. 
um, here. So uh, you're a wonderful person. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> oh, thanks for, yeah, no, thanks for inviting me. Uh, well, like I said, we'll have to do a part two. I, th- I think maybe what we'll do is we'll, we'll get a few more people f- over there from the center and just have a round table. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. And just kind of hash this stuff out. So anyway, uh, this is our, this is going to be our holiday episode leading into the break. So thanks George for ending us out for the year. Appreciate you. And we'll see you out there. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye.